Nehemiah, Nehemiah 6 chapter, beginning at the first through the fifth verse, it said, now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Jeshem, the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that uh, I had built the wall and that there was no breach left therein. I feel the Holy Ghost. Ah, glory, bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah, mighty God, bless you, Lord. Though at that time, I had not set up the doors upon the gates. That Sam Ballot and just him sent unto me saying, come, let us meet together in some one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me mischief. They thought to do me wrong. They were looking for an opportunity to do harm. And they had some shenanigans up their sleeves. And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a fantastic job. I'm doing a good work. I'm doing something that needs to be done. I'm doing something that my hands have found to do. I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Why should the work stop? Why should it be hindered? Why should I take a recess in the middle of the work? Whilst I leave it and come down to you. Yet they sit unto me four times after this sort. And I answered them again the same manner. I'm doing a good work. Why should it stop? Then sent Samballot his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand. One, also going to read Hebrews, the 11th chapter, verse 13 and 14. It said, these all die in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them. They were persuaded by what they saw, what they dreamed about, what they envisioned, what inspired them. They were persuaded by that and they embraced it. They embraced the vision that they had. They embraced what they saw. They embraced what was inspiring them. It drove them. And they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. We're just journeying here. I see something in the far distance. 
I see something that I want to obtain. I see something that is better than what I have in my possession right now, and I'm doing a good work. Why should I stop? For they that said such things declare plainly that they seek a country. So they were seeking and knowing that there is something better than what they currently have. The Bible says that Nehemiah received some disturbing news. He see, received some news regarding the people of God. Now, maybe you've heard some disturbing news about the people of God. Maybe you heard that some were bound, enslaved, and are trying to escape. Uh, you may have heard that others did escape. Uh, you, you may have heard that someone is in a backslidden state, that they once knew the Lord and they chose to, uh, to indulge and ingest other things, substance, whether it was tangible or, or, or mental, and it took them into a different state of mind. You, you've heard some very disturbing news the Bible says that the province and the people were in great distress and they were also being falsely accused. The walls of Jerusalem were broken down and the gates had been burned with fire. The people were suffering and dealing with some things in that day, similar to what we're dealing with today, where there are false accusations. There are those that are not, uh, that have sided with the enemy. Now, I'm not, I have no intentions of offending nobody, but if you are speaking those things that are outside the word of God, and you might be a, what we call a licensed minister, one that have actually been called by God. But, but I, I've learned by reading the word of God, as Nehemiah experienced, uh, as, as we may or may not get to, is that there was a prophet that went to Nehemiah and said, hey, meet us over in the temple, meet us over in the church, meet us over here uh, because your life is in danger. And, um, you know, we're going to hide out here to save your life. And Nehemiah discerned that this man was not, uh, even though he was a prophet, he was a lying prophet. And, and so they are lying prophets. And so uh, the, the city, the people were in distress. This caused emotional pain and suffering to Nehemiah. And he, he sat down. It, it was such a burden. He sat down and he cried and grieved for a number of days of what was about what he was hearing and what was occurring. Nehemiah began to pray and fast and sought the Lord for a solution. Uh, we need to know when we're overwhelmed with news and events and circumstances, what to do. Uh, he prayed. He fasted. We ought to pray. We ought to fast. When you feel overwhelmed, it, you know, it, it's a, they, they said when, when, when someone is on fire that they should stop, drop, and roll. When you feel overwhelmed that things are consuming you, you need to stop, drop, and roll. As he prayed, he made this confession. He said, we have, uh, we have dealt 
uh, very corruptly against thee. He's talking to God. And we have not kept thy commandments. Now, Nehemiah is making a confession about something that he has not engaged in. At least not that we know of. But he says we have. I, I made note of this because, because I also see that Daniel, Daniel, an upright individual, and God testified on Daniel's behalf. Holy Ghost, thank you, Jesus. Testified on Daniel's behalf. And, and so Daniel was upright. Daniel was doing what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He sought the Lord. He consecrated unto the Lord. In his private quarters, when no one else was around, Daniel would be at home praying. Daniel would be at home studying because he had to stay on top of his skill set as well. Daniel would be uh, on top of what he had to learn to handle the work for the Chaldeans, his employers, as well as responding to God. Daniel understood that praying out of the window facing the direction of the temple was in accord with what had been prayed and presented unto God in the prayer of uh, Solomon. Solomon prayed and said, Lord, if the people would not hear what you have to say, I'm paraphrasing it. Uh, you know, they just have become hard headed and, and doing what they want to do and how they want to do it, when they want to do it. And they want to call the the, uh, the the lifestyle a new normal and they want to be like other people and follow what others are saying and and be like everybody else. If they are taken captive because of the hardness of their heart. While in captivity, if they should turn and pray toward the temple that you would hear their prayer and you would forgive their sins. It does, didn't bring them out of captivity, but sins were forgiven. It didn't stop the consequences. I feel like running right now. It, it did not stop the consequences of their behavior. Daniel was there and Daniel prayed. And in his prayer, Daniel would say, we are every one of us. He included himself in his supplication. We've got outside your wheel. We've done wrong. We didn't keep your commandments as you asked us to do. It's important uh, for leadership in the home, on the job, in the church, leaders of the nation, to reiterate uh, the fall and chastening of the Lord. How did we get here? What is it that we need to do to get out of this situation? We need to confess. We need to repent. We need to confess for ourselves and the entire situation and pray about repentance for the neighborhood, for the community, for the officials. Certainly, it will make a difference. 
I know that that you are aware. Uh, and if you're not aware, then, then I, I, let me help you become aware. The Bible tells us, I believe it is in Second Chronicles 7 and 14. That, that says, if my people, which are called by my name, those of you that say I'm a Christian, those of you that say I'm part of the body of Christ. And we're going to have to talk about that, the body of Christ, because there are so many. I've only in the, you know, in, in the Halloween setting and scary movies and Adam family and different stuff where I've seen uh, the bodies, the body detached. Mighty God, uh, the body detached. Why, how is the body detached and claiming to be alive? That, that's pretty spooky to me. It's pretty scary to me. If we're a body, then we're a whole. And if we are whole, then we're functioning together. Hallelujah. But there's so much detachment. So those that say I'm part of the body, those that say I'm, I'm making up the church, those that say that I'm Christian. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. If they would pray, if they would seek my face, not the face of a celebrity. Well, you know, they believe in God now. No, not the face of a celebrity. And he said, seek my face and humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways and seek me. Then will I hear from heaven everybody is not being heard mighty god bless your name jesus everyone is not being heard i you might quicken i had to take another route with that you might quicken Woo! i feel the power of the holy ghost now, God may have touched you for a moment because of something that you were doing in order for you to bless someone else. You need to get that. You need to understand that because Jesus said, and he is the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God and, and the word became flesh. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten son of the father. Jesus said, so the word is speaking. The word of God says that in that day, there would be some that will stand in his presence to give an account. Judgment is set. The books are open. They, they're giving an account. Lord, we cast out devils in your name. We preached in your name. We heal in your name. We prophesied in your name. And he's going to say, depart from me. I don't know you, work of iniquity. So see that quickening. No matter how hard, how soundful it is that you preach. Right? What, no matter what homiletics that is, that, you know, and how many people walk up to you and, and tell you that I have have been blessed by your ministry through the years. You better make sure that it is a good work unto the Lord. Not unto self, but unto the Lord. 
He said, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal your land. A work can be started by any person. And most notably, what we're talking about here is someone that has actually been called by God. There are some that go to school to get ministry license. I'm going to be a rabbi. I'm going to be a I'm going to be a priest. I'm going to be this, you know, and, you know, it looks pretty good. It looks honorable. And so I want to be that. And, and so they go to school, but they have not been called by God. Pastorialship is a calling. It is a gift of God. And he laid captivity captive. And he gave gifts unto men, some apostles, some prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors. Those are gifts. They're callings that God has, certain individuals have been gifted with that. I am not talking about being charismatic. I'm talking about the gift and the power, the anointing, the will, the divine will of God. And so work can be started by a person that has been gifted by the Lord. It can also be inherited. It can be inherited from someone. And whereas maybe the pastor has uh, passed on the, the torch to um, someone that they have raised up. Joshua received the torch from uh, Moses. My servant Moses is dead. And so he received that calling and responsibility that Moses once had. And so he inherited the people. So there are those that inherit and there are those that that have a work that is started from scratch. We started with the blessing of the pastor that that I was under, did not just jump up and leave the church and say, you know what, grab my little bag and my Bible and, and the other hand and say, well, God has called me. Uh, I've waited. The pastor had prophesied my ministry. Others had confirmed the ministry that I was called into. And I would not move in fear, knowing the awesomeness of God. And I, I would be a uh, mother. One of the mothers in the church would say, stop hiding because I, I played a bass guitar. And so I would she say, you're over there hiding behind the organ. But but I see it. I see the calling. And so out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is confirmed. It was not that I had a hot testimony and would stand up and testify and people, oh, he must be called to be a preacher. He must be called to be a man. No, it was not that. That's just excitement. When someone stands up and testify, you know, in a testimony service and they get excited, it does not mean that it is a calling. That's excitement. And you have a right to be excited when God delivers you. You should be excited when God delivers you. Thank you, Jesus. And so some inherit, some start from scratch. In either scenario, there was a beginning. Someone had to endure some pain and suffering to give birth. 
someone carried the infant, nurtured it, cried with it, got sick with it. I didn't say sick of it. I said got sick with it, laughed with it, and dealt with the easy and hard side of things. That's what happens with the work. You might be pregnant with a, a work right now. God has, is birthing something in you. God is instilling something in you. Uh, there is a birth right now that we're going through. Holy Ghost, bless you, Jesus. And so you're ready to give birth to a vision. Are you ready to give birth to an ideal or adopting something from someone else? Maybe uh, you gave birth already. And now you're dealing with the growing pains of that birth. Nehemiah was concerned. He was concerned with the, the work that had been done. And now the work is being troubled. Uh, how about you? Are you concerned about the work that has been established? Or do you blow it off and say, well, you know, that's not my job. I wasn't called into that. If you're part of, if you are, here we go, a part of the body, when I stub my toe, my hand reaches for it. Or when I bump my knee or my elbow, I reached over to comfort it. So if you are part of the body, then there is a concern, a legitimate concern. Not a glorified concern. Well, I want the glory. I want the power. I want prestige. And I want a, some political um, uh, uh, tidbit. In it. No. But it's because it's a good work. And why should it stop? It pained him so much that it disfigured his posture. You look for the minister, the man or woman of God to be um, always with a smile on their face. Sometimes they, they're smiling for you. But on the inside, there is a disfigurement uh, of that because they're dealing with what is going on. They're dealing with the old and the new birth of things. They're dealing with the stability and the work that is going on. And so he was in the presence of his employer, the king. Yep, there are some ministers that are working. All ministers do not sit back, and, and but some work at eight, nine to five, whatever you want to call it. And so he was in the presence of his employer. And within his mind, he thought about what he could do. Um, some think about what needs to be done. And then when they think about what needs to be done, they abandon ship. And this was not Nehemiah's story. He thought about what needed to be done and what he could do. Uh, there is a difference because we say, we say, we say that, you know, uh-huh. I'm, I'm trying to avoid some things here because I, I don't want to be, uh, you know, too raw. I don't want to, I don't want to, but listen. 
I recall the, the start of the ministry. And I was I remember and, and I'm saying this and sharing this because there's somebody that, that God is working with right now. He's, he's certainly working with me. And, and there's someone else that's going to hear this and God is going to work and working with them. But I recall the start of the ministry. And being told by a seasoned evangelist. Being told that that uh, that you're in too deep. You're, you're shipping your way out in the deep waters. Uh, the work is hard. I've been told, you, you know, you got a hard work because you starting. You didn't inherit from something, but you're starting. from. You got a hard work. And, uh, you know, and I was told a few other things. I was asked, I remember we were going through a fundraiser to, to get chairs that we needed. And I wrote letters to, uh, we, we sent out letters to churches asking for, to, to assist us with obtaining chairs. And, and one of the churches responded back and said, we don't give to others. We don't give to other churches. They were specific. And within the next line said, but you are welcome to send us a donation. So you, you, you need to understand now we did receive the chair because there was a furniture store that also contributed and gave us what we needed to assist, gave us an open invitation to come and pick out what we needed. Bless your Lord Jesus. But how do you say we are all, I need you, you need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. I'm going to turn it off because that's what you're singing about and what you're saying is not what you're doing. Oh my God. It's at that point I made up in my mind, within my spirit, that I would visit other churches. Not as a not as Pastor Carl to go and I need to sit in the, the the, on the stage and, you know, introduce myself to the ursher and let them know that, you know, who I am so that I could be recognized. No, I just want to be there. Just so I can say, God bless you. You're doing a good work. You're doing a work unto the Lord. You're doing a good work. Why should it stop? I want to support others. Whether it is one or 100 seats occupied. God called the man or woman into ministry. He did not say that it was going to become. Oh, bless you, Lord Jesus. But let me go this way with it. Sometimes we look and we see the work of others. But you need to understand that the work took time. The work took time. It didn't just happen overnight that you're called into the ministry and, and all of a sudden the building fills up. 
There is seed planting. Now, seed planting is when the church that you were with uh, send a uh, a few workers, ministers, and you know they have twenty ministers sitting there awaiting their turn to speak throughout the year, and so they they select a few ministers to go and seed plant with you. That's seed. That's seeding the church and then planting it so that they can they can actually work instead of waiting to work. And, and so. Um, just to show up and to preach and to teach or to just to say, hi, I'm thinking about you. You know, it's nice to just get that phone call to say, I'm thinking about you. It's exciting when someone show up just to say, I'm thinking about you. How can I help? I've gone out witnessing with other ministries gone out to driven to Los Angeles just to help someone else go out to be a male presence to be there while they go out ministering in the neighborhood while they go out witnessing talking to others inviting them to service it may not be that you get the same response but it's still a good work and why should it stop you shouldn't just show up uh, because it's the anniversary service. Well, you know, it's the church anniversary service. I'm going. How about in between the anniversary service? How about showing up when no one has called you? The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes 9 and 10. It says, whatsoever thy hand find to do, do it. Do it with all thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. But while you're alive, while you're here, while you're present, do what you can do and do it with all your might. Colossians 3, 23, 24 says, and whatsoever you do, whatever you're going to do, whatever you are going to do. Do it wholeheartedly as to the Lord and not unto men. Don't do it because you want to be recognized. Well, I'm, I'm going to do what Pastor Henderson is saying because I, I want to be recognized on, on certain, you know, that, he, well, you know, uh, Pastor Henderson is going to stand up and he's going to recognize me. You'll be recognized, but you're doing it unto the Lord. I was asked one time, uh, I was given a report. I was giving a report to my pastor uh, at that time, my, my overseer. And, and so uh, I thank God for the teaching that I was raised with. I value it. It's, it's so much. It's priceless. And I was given a report, pastor. I, I've been going. I've been over here to this church to check on them. I've been to this church to check on them and to see how they the welfare and what's going on and what needs they might have you know, and just to encourage them. And the pastor asked me, said, um, did you go to speak or what did you go to do? And I had, and I gave that report because I didn't go to preach. I didn't go to say, look at me or anything. I went to be an encouragement. And with that, there was approval. With that, there was a blessing. And I learned about how to receive a blessing in that. 
mighty God. Sam Ballot and Tobiah went to Nehemiah on several occasions saying, come over here. They accused him. Nehemiah never took anything from anyone. Supported himself. Where others were fleecing the people of God. They were fleecing the people of God. God has an ought against those that fleece his people. Oh, I don't have time to go into that tonight or today, this morning. It's not night. Well, it might be night where you are. It might be night. But for us, it's, it's the a.m. It's the a.m. God has an ought against those fleecing his people. Now, I, I'm, my, my time, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stop with this, but I, I want you. I want you, those of you that are starting to work, those of you that have actually been called into ministry. First thing you need to do is sit down with your pastor and get counseling. Understand if you've actually been called or if you just having a, a moment where you, you're eagle tripping. Don't eagle trip. Eagles have no place in the body of Christ. And so you've been called into ministry. You have accepted the calling. The pastor is going to know it. Others will know it. And it's a very humbling experience. When you're elevated in ministry, it is a very humbling experience. As God began to elevate me in ministry, I was floored. And one of the bishops said, you're, you're, he said, it's, it's a humbling experience. He said, I can tell that, you know, you, you've already caught that. It's a humbling. It's not something to boast about. Look at me. God is making, no, it's a humbling experience. When God lays his hand upon you to use you to write about him. And we have the Lord is blessed and we have several books on Amazon, the, the lion and barbed wire dealing with the pains of things that we deal with. Things that we hold on to and don't and sometimes don't know how to forgive ourselves. It's like being wrapped in barbed wire. The lost and found, excuse me, the lost but found. There's some things that we lose, but in the process of losing, we found something else. God wants to use you. And when he uses you, whether it is in the Ministry, listen, listen to what I'm saying. Where you're at, it could be the medium service. It can be the music service. I know we refer to those as ministries. So, okay. Media ministry. It can be the music ministry. It can be 
serving like I'm serving right now to encourage your heart that you're doing a good work. Why should it stop? Don't allow the person next to you that happened to be staring at a fly on the wall and you, you're caught in your emotions in that moment and you think they're looking cockeyed and crazy at you. They're not. Don't allow the individual, the person that is being used by influence. Remember, they're being influenced because when that influence is gone, when they receive their deliverance, you're going to find out what a great individual they are. You don't know how close you may become with one another after their deliverance. So don't despise the day of small things. Don't throw nothing away. Don't push nobody to the side. Always leave an opportunity open for them. You're doing a good work. Don't let Sam Ballads, don't let Tobiah, don't let anyone come and persuade you to stop what you're doing. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your word this morning. We pray and ask, Lord God, that you would keep our hearts stirred, help us to live and to walk according to your will. Lord Jesus, we bless you, Lord, for we are doing a good work. And our work is unto you. Lord God, and so we know that there are outside influences, inside, other influences that come. Lord, but we're doing a good work and we recognize it. And we thank you for your words of encouragement this morning. Lord God, as to not stopping, but to persevere. To, to, to move forward in the force and the power that you have given unto us. Lord God, we honor you. We thank you, Lord. And we ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Lord, continue to use us for your purpose. Thank you, Lord God, for the extra time that you have given us on the radio. Lord Jesus, and how you have blessed, Lord Jesus, were the recognition that the radio station is given specifically unto this ministry. Lord God, we honor you, Lord. Lord Jesus, for, for the, the bonus airing, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we're not taking anything for granted. We just pray and ask that you would bless, Lord God, use us for your purpose. In Jesus' name, we'll continue to give you the glory. We're going to continue to testify of your goodness. We're going to speak the truth. We're going to be, Lord God, the, the people that you're calling for in these last and evil days. Lord, we know that you're soon to return. Lord God, whether you call us as an individual or call us collectively, Lord God, bless us. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. 
Amen. God bless you. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. In Jesus, uh, love you. Be blessed.